there's a quote that our friend and colleague John Glenn used often. I mean, he, he said this, I, and I quote him, which was that the happiest and most fulfilled people he knew were people who were devoted to something uh, greater and more profound than their own self-interest. Welcome to Innovating Together, a podcast produced by the University Innovation Alliance. This is the podcast for busy people in higher education who are looking for the best ideas, inspiration, and leaders to help you improve student success. I'm your host, Bridget Burns. You're about to watch another episode of Start the Week with Wisdom, which for those of you who are at home, if you have not seen this before, these are weekly episodes where we conduct an interview with a sitting college president or chancellor, and we want to talk to them about how they're navigating the challenge of this moment. We're in a really unique time, and we want to focus on their leadership and unpack how they are making decisions, how they are navigating, and hopefully it will leave you with a sense of optimism, a bit inspired, and give you a bit of hope. I'm Jeff Salingo, joining you from Washington, D.C., where I'm an author, a journalist, and a special advisor at Arizona State University. Well, and Bridget, today we're really thrilled to bring an interview with Michael Drake, the president of the Ohio State University. Uh, Prior to taking the helm at uh, Ohio State, he was chancellor of the University of California at Irvine. He also served as the vice president for health affairs uh, for the UC system. And while he's announced his retirement after an extremely successful tenure at Ohio State, the timing of his departure is kind of flexible due to the coronavirus pandemic. And President Drake, it's great to have you here today. Great. Um, and we have a lot of people, it seems, on the internet today. So uh, it seems the system's a little bit slow today, but, uh, but we'll, we'll try to roll with the punches. Uh, so uh, President Drake, uh, Ohio State had its virtual commencement yesterday, um, which I imagine presented a range of emotions for you and the students graduating. How did it, how did it go? And, and, and any lessons to be learned for your counterparts who are going to be doing these virtual commencements in the next uh, couple of weeks? Uh, well, I'd say yes, uh, lessons and how did it go? And, you know, it's a little bit like if you have a party, you, you need to ask the guests if they had a good time or not. But I, it, I, I've heard, we heard very positive feedback from our, our community broadly. Let me say a few things about it. And I won't say it's in the wrong way, but I, I was counting up the number of commencements that I presided over and it's, I can't count, but it's something over a hundred. So 110, 110. 15, something like that, that I've either been the speaker or, or presided. So this was different from the others uh, in uh, just from the beginning. It, at our stadium, which only would have about 65,000 people in it. And, uh, but we had about two dozen and that would be, I, I was there with our provost and our vice president for student life and our our uh, student body president, graduating senior, who was going to give the student address. And then we had Tim Cook from Apple give uh, an address virtually. He sent us a, a, a very thoughtful video, which we used. And we put together a program that took about an hour, which had clips from our graduating students, uh, some videos of campus, a few meaningful moments, a playing of the alma mater by our wonderful marching band, and a, a really nice program. And then a couple of uh, the uh, comments I made comments, Tim made comments, our student made comments. So it was an interesting feeling to be in that setting first. 
but interesting in a way that I hadn't really expected until after doing it. And that was that for those of my colleagues who've done this before, when you speak to a big audience, you there's kind of an energy from the audience and you speak into that energy and it uh, sort of holds you up a bit. It, it, it's uh, you're part of that system of speaking in, into that energy. So I found it to be interesting that I was giving a speech like I would give to a big audience, but just uh, to a camera in front of me. And then the second, the other side of that coin though, was that when you speak into a, a big audience, some of the people are paying attention, some are not, somebody's going off to get a hot dog or whatever, or someone's having a conversation, someone's changing their seat. And so there's a something less than 100% focus, it seems, on, on you and what you're saying. Interestingly, since I, we, all of us, I would have been speaking really to a tiny group of people in a very large number of groups in their living rooms or wherever they were watching, it, it made it feel much more connected, like I was speaking to people as individuals. And I heard from the a couple of my colleagues who watched that they had the same feeling, that it was uh, much more connected, that they could hear what I was saying. And so the words made more of a difference than might have been the case before. And so I, so maybe we were not together in one way, but we were much more connected in another another way. That's great. And I know that a lot of folks are feeling like they are more connected to their colleagues in unusual ways as a result of what's going on in terms of, you know, seeing people's animals walk through their Zoom videos and seeing their children and such. So yes. there is, uh, strangely, there have been little gifts in terms of the sense of intimacy and connection in this. Um, but that's good to hear because I know a lot of folks who are about to do their virtual graduations, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to swap tips about how to do it well. And this is just a, um, an unusual moment for us. So I'm curious. Bridget, I'm going to say two things, if I may, just about that, just to help. So I will say that just when I heard back from people to get, I mean, I heard back from someone today who was emotional in talking about the connection. I mean, she wasn't able to continue speaking. So it was very, so that was a, a kind of a profoundly a, a different thing. And I, that was interesting to hear. And I don't, I don't know about this. Generally, we gave our students a chance to rent, go and buy or rent caps and gowns. And we normally have about 12,000 students or something like that in the graduation. It's a big number. But as of late last week, about 9,100 had gone and purchased uh, or rented caps and gowns. So we were quite touched by, by that. And then tens of thousands were logged in watching. So it was, uh, uh, so it, it really did seem to work to pull the community together for at least that time. We'll hear more feedback. I'll, I'll get more feedback later today. But the, the initial feedback was that uh, it, people felt connected and that they were pleased that we did it. Great. Well, that's, that's good to know. And um, I'm hopeful to, I also actually started watching some of it and I saw some of uh, Tim Cook's speech. So I look forward to watching the rest of it. So what I'd like to talk to you about is you're in a very unusual space. You've had an extremely successful career as a president, as a chancellor, um, as a leader in the higher ed community. And we're now at a space where you had, you know, you had announced your retirement and you were, you know, wrapping up on really with a flourish because of how many things have been so successful and how many goals have been achieved in terms of, uh, you know, whether it's strategic plans, just really has been a list of accomplishments. Um, and then this happened. And I'm just wondering how you are, as, as a leader, is there a particular framework you're using or a way of, 
of, of thinking about the situation that is helping you to navigate through this moment um, and keep, keep your chin up and keep some degree of optimism as you're trying to inspire and, yes. and navigate? Yes, a couple of things. Uh, one is, and it's something I said in, in the comments yesterday, I kind of finished with some greatest hits of advice out of all the speeches, you know, I kind of, with parts that I'd like. And one that I finished with was that it's, it's not about you. And that's an important thing to remember in your life. And there's a quote that our friend and colleague, John Glenn, uh, uh, used often. I mean, he, he said this, I, and I quote him, which was that he said that the, the happiest and most fulfilled people he knew were people who were devoted to something uh, greater and more profound than their own self-interest. And uh, I used that yesterday um, as a kind of, as in my advice to the graduates. And it seems that if you're, I don't know, focused on the enterprise or the thing or the task, that, that that's its own reward and its own uh, set of guiding principles. And that's what I would say I've been doing as we went through this last, this last bit. It hasn't been. It hasn't bothered me as much as I thought it would. I, I was. We'd had a very, if, speaking personally, we'd had a very special March and April set up with a bunch of things uh, that were honoring our our sesquicentennial. It's mm-hmm. our 150th anniversary. It seemed like a great time to be transitioning for me. So our, everything was all lined up with special events and whatever. So we just didn't do any of them. You know, you know, that's the way it goes. I mean, those were those weren't things that were promised, and those weren't the point. And the point is to try to do what we could to support our students and support our faculty and support our staff. And we've just continued focusing on that. And you, yesterday's event, one example, but they seem very appreciative of that, and it feels great. President Drake, obviously, uh, Ohio State, along with the uni- the entire University Innovation Alliance, has been really known the last couple of years for really innovating on a number of, of different fronts. You know, they, they say during a crisis that it kind of forces you to do things that you might normally not have been able to do uh, outside of a crisis, but you also discover new ways of doing things. And so I'm kind of curious, uh, as you look across the university, is there anything that you're seeing now uh, or are there any larger changes even within higher ed that you're seeing now that potentially can stick for the long term? Uh, whether it's it's how we're working, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's online education, whether it's the you know whatever it might be that you're seeing across higher education or even at your own institution that you're saying to yourself, "Wow, I hope even after this is all over, I hope that will that will remain for the long term." Whether that's a bigger, small thing. Yes, I. Let's see. I mean, I not want to be one for predictions much, but I would say that that about, among profound changes that we've seen, it's really been our change in the use of telemedicine, and we uh, are doing orders of magnitude more telemedicine visits now than we would have been doing three months ago. We always did some. We always liked them. We always celebrated them, but they tended to be telemedicine when we couldn't do, you, you couldn't come to see us in the office. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're going to, as we come out of this, we'll use telemedicine to enhance our ability to be in touch with people 
in, in a more convenient and, uh, and effective way. I believe that we'll still need to see people, people still need to something, come and see us. But much like the ATM meant that you didn't really need to see your teller as much, and we really got used to that. I think that telemedicine will allow us to do a whole series of things more conveniently for patients more quickly and uh, and then bring patients in when we need to actually do something with them in our presence. So I think that telemedicine will be a, a, make a big difference. I think that we will have more Zoom or Zoom-like meetings, you know, UIA, for instance. Uh, we not easy to get together all the time. We pick special times to get together. Uh, I, I believe that many of these coalitions will be able to form and work because we can connect with each other. It's not thousands of dollars and days out of your life to spend an hour together. And so, uh, and we can exchange the same content, uh, I think, effectively that way. I, I will say also that, and I'll see how this works. <clears throat> and you can let me know how it is for you. Students, when I do my, I do a, a freshman seminar, uh, I, the group of us, I really, speaking for me, really missed being there with them. And so when I see them pop up, I said, oh my goodness, I really, really love the experience of being in our seminar together. And I believe that our students are really eager to be, really eager to be at college. Uh, really, the, the, the experience of being at college was something that they valued dramatically. So if they, if I've heard any complaints from them, they, they appreciate their professors working so hard. They say it's not quite the same. We're kind of filling a gap, but we appreciate them working so hard. But what we really miss is being there with our classmates and friends. We love our families, but we, wa we wanted to be out of the house. You know, we wanted to be there with everybody doing that stuff. And this, for what it's worth, I, I'm going to say this in the wrong way. We are up, May 1st is our statement of intent to register when you pay your deposit. So we're up 20% in Ohio students and 25% in non-Ohio residents compared to last year, which was our record year wow. um, of people who paid their uh, deposits. So is that incoming students? Far and away the most. That's incoming, that's incoming yeah. freshmen. Wow. So far and away more than we've ever had, far and away more than we've ever had, which is we're really excited. So people seem really excited about uh, being here more than ever. We've had um, almost 700 international students pay their uh, non-refundable deposits for next year. They may have other barriers. There may be other challenges, but we normally look for a class of about 600 and we've had actually 700 um, uh, today. So we'll see what happens over the summer. There's always melt and this is a different year than other years, but just year over year, we have a significant increase in the numbers of people who are interested in, in coming. And I think this is an experience that people really do value and it, it means a lot to us to, uh, to hear that. Great. So uh, I am curious about uh, how you, so one of the things that's always struck me about you is you always have just a very steady kind of calm hand. Um, and every conversation I've ever been with, you just always very kind of smooth. And I don't know where that comes from, but I would like to harness more. I, I would like to have more of that in my life. And I'm just wondering if you could give advice for folks at home who are facing the barrage of news every day and struggling to keep their eye on the prize, on how to make, you know, what should we be focusing on in the, you know, navigating through all of this? How is it that you manage to keep your head and in the midst of all of this, still decide what you need to be focusing on and how to lead towards that vision? 
Is there any advice you would give to others that you've learned? <clears throat> when I was leaving UC Irvine, uh, the last, about just almost six years ago, that we were having a big uh, commencement there. We normally had commencement in a whole series of small ones on campus. We were having just one that last year. It was our 50th anniversary and uh, President Barack Obama was our commencement speaker. So we did it all in the in the local uh, Angels, California Angels baseball stadium. <clears throat> and uh, the um, and then, and then so he and I were the two speakers, uh, maybe two short student speeches. And then he and I gave longer talks and he used a teleprompter, which I hadn't used before. And I was told, well, there'll be a teleprompter and a podium with your speech. And I said, fine. And I got there and the world media were there. There were 30 or 40 TV, you know, just cameras and a big thing. Uh, like it's used to the case when the president speaking he only gives one collegiate only gave one collegiate commencement a year. So this was it for him. And uh, and I got there and we got up and there was no podium actually, just a teleprompter. I said, well, I've not really used a teleprompter much before, always had it back up. But what, okay, that's the way it is. There's just this teleprompter. And I'm giving my speech. It's not a long speech. It's eight, nine minutes. And I'm about seven minutes into it or so. And it blinks and goes to blank. The <laughs> Boom. And everybody's, you know, listening, I'm talking. And then I will, whoa, but just to myself. And then we go um, a few seconds more, though, and it blinks and it comes on, and it's his speech. It's not my speech. It's, it's, uh, it's his speech. And I noticed that, you know, and said, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so, but I, I kept on talking, and then it blinked and went off and came back, and it was my speech again, you know, kind of speeding up to catch to wherever I, I was. But about 30 seconds, I had no speech in front of me. It went to blank, and then it was the wrong, the wrong speech. And, but no one, I didn't say anything. No one knew. I just kept talking through whatever sentence I was supposing to finish. And I thought this will make an interesting story, you know, some, someday. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun. And I think that you just, uh, as we stay kind of in a moment, kind of focused on what we're doing, hopefully we're prepared for what we're doing. We can just take ourselves forward and, um, uh, and, and things tend to, to work out. Uh, one last tiny bit, I forget my over talking there's the line you know and um uh in the prayer about walking through the valley of the shadow of death and i remember being in jerusalem and looking at a in the in, there's a, an old cemetery as you're looking um uh toward the temple on the mount and, and there's a long road on the bottom of the hill that that cemetery is on where when the sun um sets you're kind of in the shadow of death. You know, you're the shadow of the cemetery. It's a long road that you're kind of walking on. And a lot of times when you're walking on the road, you really don't see the end. And you just have to have the faith that you keep on walking and pretty soon you'll get there. Uh, President Drake, we're, we're, live on, on <laughs> yeah, we're live on LinkedIn today. And, um, you know, because it's Ohio State, we're getting a lot of questions about Buckeyes and, and athletics uh, from a lot of your fans so around, around the world. And um, just wondering, uh, you know, some of the fans are wondering, you know, what's what's the outlook for athletics on college campuses uh, this fall, given uh, given the cancellation of March Madness? Let me tell you what our plan is going forward and how we're looking at things. So let me say those maybe that I'll answer that question. We are pleased and gratified at the end in what we're doing and the number of people who have expressed their faith that we're going to be here for them next fall. 
We are planning a variety of uh, doing scenario planning for a variety of different possibilities, uh, how we'll be in the fall. We don't know yet. Every week we're a little closer to knowing, but we don't know yet. And so we're trying to be flexible for that. We believe that the world will recover um, as it has from these in the past. We uh, look forward to uh, effective treatments and vaccines, but we know those things will take months. And so we're trying to do the best to protect ourselves as we move forward uh, step by step. But we, we expect that we, that the university system, that higher education, which is so important to our world and our way of life will emerge. We are gratified that, again, when I talk with my students, it's what they're really looking forward to. When we look at the students who have not been here yet who are looking to next year, they're really looking forward to this. So we think that that energy and time will come together and we'll reimagine ourselves in the post-COVID world. Yeah, I, and I, I also am empathetic that, you know, people are pressuring college presidents to answer questions like this when, when they know absolutely no more information than the rest anybody, of us, right? Yeah. We're all going through this. And so it's just this, it's, I find it very unusual because I'm seeing so much pressure in the press to, you know, are you starting in the fall or this happening? And it's like, uh, they don't have any crystal balls either, right? Like they are, no. they have to try and, you know, plan for multiple scenarios, which they're trying to do while running an institution, while keeping their employees safe. And I just have so much empathy. And I think if that, if anything, that's what I would hope folks at home understand the complexity of these jobs and that they are really, um, right now they are leading through a very difficult time. And I think we have tremendous examples of strong leadership to draw upon. You know, if, if, if you're looking for great leadership, I'm seeing it in higher education. And so thank you, President Drake, for, for being such a tremendous example of that um, through your career at, at, at Ohio State in particular. But I also, you've had just an, one of the more Im impressive um, legacies, I think, in higher education leadership that we've seen that's transcended multiple institutions and different roles. And we're just really grateful for that, for that leadership now, and uh, especially your willingness to stay on in the midst of this when you were, I mean, I don't know if you had a, a beach house or anything, but, <laughs> you know, most people who are at this stage of the game would definitely ready be ready to get out, <laughs> ready to get out. And the fact that you are willing to sacrifice um, further is just a testament to your character. So we're really grateful for that. Very kind, Bridget. Always great working with you. And I know we'll be doing many good things in the future. Jeff, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you, President Drake.